Thanks for listening to the Grace Hill Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. For more information about Grace Hill, follow us on social media at gracehill901 or visit gracehill901.com. Well, I want to uh, extend my welcome uh, to you this morning. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you. I know Thanksgiving weekend and church is always kind of an odd weekend because we've got a lot of people traveling, and yet a lot of people have come in uh, from traveling. And so last year, I think we joked and we dropped the ball about this Sunday. We should have. We I think we should rename the Sunday after Thanksgiving Sweatpants Sunday and just invite everybody to wear their sweatpants to church because we're all feeling like, yeah. Got an amen back there from somebody. Uh, don't lie, you feel the same way. Um, but, uh, but I do want to thank you guys for being here. Uh, we do, uh, from time to time, we, we pause from our two-service Sunday schedule that we usually do, and we do a one-service Sunday. And the reason we do that is for a couple of reasons. One, uh, we want to bring our church family together uh, as best as we can. We realize that there's some people that are traveling and miss a day like today. But where we can, we want to try to bring our church family together, worship together, um, uh, hear from God's word together, all of that. But the other reason why we do it is we have some incredible volunteers who serve uh, week on and week off, in, uh, week in and week out uh, in our kids' ministry every week in Grace Hill Kids. And we just want to give them a break uh, as well. They love doing what they do. They love investing in the next generation. Uh, They are incredible at it, but we love to get our kids in the service together, uh, worship together, and give our volunteers a break. And so I want to welcome you who are Grace Hill Kids volunteers uh, to the service uh, today with us uh, this morning. So uh, one simple idea today, one one simple thought, one simple challenge that I want us to come around uh, in, in today's message, and that is this. I want you to think differently about Thanksgiving. I want you to think differently about Thanksgiving, and here's why. Because you're going to come to a place in your life, more than likely, you're going to come to a place in your life where you might be tempted, where it might be challenging um, to find reasons to be thankful in your, in your life and in your circumstances. And I used to not believe that was true until 2017 happened to me and my family. And without going into a lot of detail, um, I will just say we had some significant health challenges in 2017. Uh, Early in January of 2017, I ended up with 15% body surface burns from a grease fire that was in our home that uh, damaged 15% of my body. Uh, uh, Deep second degree burns uh, over, again, 15% of my body. Uh, About eight weeks later, when I got cleared to go back, my wife had been struggling uh, with some health challenges. And when I got medically cleared to kind of go back, and resume all activities, we found out she was going to have to have a major surgery uh, in March, in May. Uh, About eight weeks, almost to the day of that surgery, when she finally began to feel normal again, uh, her grandmother, her 84-year-old grandmother, who was pretty much like her mom and raised her, most of her childhood memories were spent in that home, uh, died. Um, About eight weeks after that, when, you know, whenever you have someone who's close to you uh, pass away. You know, it just takes you a while to sort of come out of that fog. About eight weeks later, coming out of that fog, um, I was thinking about it this morning. I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was the first time we had really spent time with a lot of friends after, you know, the, the, the surgery and the death in the family, all of that stuff. And about eight weeks later, we were spending some time with some really good friends of ours, and that's when they shared the news with us that they were going to be moving about 2,500 miles away. And there's a hundred other things that happened throughout the course of the year that just made 2017 challenging for me. 
One of the traditions that we have in our home is at Thanksgiving, we, we, we find a, an ugly branch out in the yard that's fallen. We bring it in. We put it in a little, little pot. We, we, we plant the branch. And then my wife has cut out all of these uh, uh, construction paper leaves. And we have a Sharpie or two that are there. And throughout the day on Thanksgiving, we take time and we go by the little branch on the counter and the leaf and we write down what we're thankful for. And when Thanksgiving 2017 came around, I really hoped that we would not have to do the leaf thankful tree in our home. Because to be honest, um, I knew the things that I was thankful for, but my heart just really wasn't thankful for a lot. And I really, really struggled. I really, really wrestled with what to do. And then this verse always pops up at Thanksgiving, and it drives me crazy. You have any of the verses in Scripture that just drive you crazy? You know they're true, but they just drive you crazy. You get this verse that pops up every Thanksgiving, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. That verse drives me crazy. And I dreaded the thankful tree last year. I just didn't feel like there was much in my life that I wanted to be thankful for. And certainly in the midst of our circumstances last year and maybe in the midst of your circumstances that you're facing right now, it just doesn't, it just feels hollow and it feels silly. But last year, and really I think much of this year, the Lord has brought me to a place where I've just had to think differently about Thanksgiving. And I want this for you in your life as well, because I know this. Some of you have faced, and some of you are facing enormous challenges in 2018 in your life. They could be personally, they could be financially, they could be um, uh, relationally, they could be your health. I mean, it's a myriad of things. You're facing some challenges. Some of you... Your 2019 might look a lot like my 2017. And what I hope to want to try to do today is, is, is find a few places in Scripture that we can go that when, when your life hits those spots where the condition of your heart wants to change and you just go, I don't really want to be thankful right now. Something can change in your heart. Something can change in your life. And you can reach for thanksgiving. You can find a place, find a way to be thankful in your heart. Today I want to challenge you just to simply think different about Thanksgiving. And so there's several passages of scripture we're going to look at today, but our anchor text is going to be in the book of James. I memorized the book of James um, about 15 years ago, and it has been one of the book itself has been one of the anchors for my life. And I, I always find hope, I always find wisdom, I always find comfort from the book of James. And so I want to invite you to go there. You can go there in your YouVersion Bible app if you want to. You can follow along with us there this morning. If you go to open up the YouVersion app, the bottom right corner, it says more. Click on more. You find events. Click on events. You're going to see Grace Hill Church. It's kind of our digital bulletin, but it's going to have the message outline for today as well as uh, some announcements that we have going on in the life of our church. But I want you to go to James 1, and we're going to look at this passage of Scripture. And what I want to do is I want to give you three things that we can take from this passage this morning of where we can, be, we can find hope and be thankful in the midst of whatever circumstance, whatever challenge comes our way. If you look at James 1, verse 17 says this, Whatever is good and perfect 
is a gift coming down to us from God our Father. Now, we're going to come back just and touch on that verse in just a minute, but, but that's a really important verse just for your life in general. You may want to highlight or circle or asterisk or mark that verse. That's a really important verse for your life, especially as we enter into this Christmas season. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in, heavens, in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. So the first thing, if you're taking notes, if you're writing things down today, the first anchor that we find in our life, what we can give thanks for, what we can find hope in Thanksgiving, a, a new way to think about Thanksgiving is this. The first one is this. God never changes. God never changes, ever. You change, I change, the world around us changes, the circumstances that we find our life in changes, but God never changes. His goodness to you never changes. His love for you never changes. His desire for you in your life never changes. God is constant. He never changes. And there's this idea among some modern theologians, it's this idea, you can look it up if you want to, it's, it's a very dangerous idea, but there's an idea called process theology. It's this idea where God is evolving, he's growing, he's maturing in his understanding. I just want to say, if you hear anybody ever teach that or read anything about that, that is, that is heresy. God never changes. It is not accurate, it is not true. God is constant. He does not change. He is the same Yesterday, today, and forever. There's a couple of scriptures I want to take you to. Uh, Numbers chapter 13 says, or, uh, chapter 23 says this God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not a human, so he does not change his mind. He has never spoken and failed to act. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? I already referenced it just a second ago. Hebrews 13 8 says this Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God never changes. Your circumstance, they will change, but God never changes. The people in and out of your life, they will change, but God never changes. Your friends, your job, your health, your bank account, they can and they will all change. But if we begin to think differently about thanksgiving, one of the ways that we can begin to think differently about it, that in the midst of all the change of the world around us, all of the things that we're tempted to anchor ourselves to, we can anchor ourselves to the fact that God never changes. You see, the temptation in my life, I don't know if it's a temptation for you, but the temptation in my life is this, is I want to try to make the character of God fit into my circumstances. So if things aren't going well in my life, I must begin to try to think, well, you know, this is somehow another God, you know, this is, God's maybe a little different than maybe what I thought he was. God's not quite living up to who I thought God would be. If things are good, well, then God's good. If things are bad, oh my God. God is not like me, though. And God is not like you. God never changes. He is constant for you yesterday, today, and forever. 
God never changes, but also what we learn here from James is this, what we can anchor ourselves to in thanksgiving is this idea, is your new life in Jesus is because of God. The new life that you found, the new life that you have in Jesus is because of God. Listen to what James writes here. He says this, he chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. There's some really important concepts in that really short verse that I want us to look at for just a minute. He chose you, he chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. The first concept, the first phrase we see in that is he chose. He chose. Now, no matter what your theological understanding is, and there are smart people that disagree and differ with their opinions about how our view, our approach to God is and how God uh, receives us uh, with salvation, no matter what your opinion or your theological standpoint is, you cannot deny one thing is this, is that all through Scripture we see God making, calling, sending, blessing people by his own choice and by his choosing. We see it all in Scripture. From the very beginning to the very end of the pages of our Bible, we see God's will being exercised, his choosing in people's lives. And isn't that something to be thankful for? That he chose you. Romans says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, that he chose you. I believe that each one of you are here today because God chose you to be in this place. That God chose you to be here for his purposes. That it's not random, that it's not accidental. That you are part of the story of this church for a reason. Because God wants to use you in incredible ways. And you're here because of his choosing, because of his doing. But that's not the only thing. The second piece of this scripture that we see is this. It's going to be highlighted here on the screen. To give birth to us. In John 3, Jesus is having this conversation with a religious leader. Somebody who's really smart. Smarter than any of us would really be when it comes to the things of God and the ways of God. Jesus is having this conversation with this religious leader. and He begins to go in and he begins to talk. He makes this pretty crazy statement that confuses the religious leader for just a bit. He says this, this is uh, in John uh, chapter 3, 6 and 7, it says this, humans can reproduce only human life. And as we're going to look next year when we journey through the book of Mark, Jesus makes a lot of statements where you just kind of go, right, like, like we got that Jesus, like we're, we're, we're good, we understand that piece of it. Jesus says this, humans can, only, can reproduce only human life, but don't miss this. But the Holy Spirit gives, life, gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. We, we've been given a, a new birth in Christ that's come because of Jesus, because of God in our life. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus. We were born into a human life, but it takes a supernatural God working through a supernatural way to create a spiritual birth in our life. And he chose to give you this spiritual birth in your life. We see in scripture that it says that he wants to take the heart of stone out, metaphorically speaking, and give us a heart of flesh. 
He wants to give us a new life through a new birth. And he is the one that has caused this to happen. And we have that because of the obedience of Jesus Christ, what we're getting ready to step into in this season. Where we're looking at, at the birth of Jesus, our whole world comes around and celebrates what they may not even know. It's that Jesus Christ stepped out of heaven to give us a new life, a spiritual life that can only be found in him. So how did he do this? Well, James answers that question. I'm sorry, John answers that question. I'm really confused. I apologize. I skipped my notes. It's one of those moments where you just got to say, hey, too much turkey and dressing. Let's back up just for a minute. Rewind the tape. The third piece of this that we see in this passage of Scripture is that he does this by giving us his true word. By giving us his true word. This ties back into verse 17 that we talked, that, that, the, that God our Father is the giver of all things good, that everything that he gives us, it's this picture, it comes down from the Father of lights. And that what he gives is good. Every good and perfect gift is coming down from the Father of lights. He gave us his true word. Don't miss this. He gave us his true word that stepped out of heaven, stepped into this earth, eventually stepped out of a grave and stepped into our life and gave our lives a new hope, gave our lives a new birth, a new purpose in Christ. I love what John says. I'm finally there. I love what John says. John 1, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. And nothing was created except through him. Don't miss this. The word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. God has given you a new life. Your life is found in Christ Jesus. And it is not because you worked your way to it. It is not because you did anything to earn it. It is a free gift that has been given because of the sacrifice of what Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross through his death, burial, and resurrection. God never changes. Our spiritual life is in Jesus because of God. And finally, and I love this one, I'm, I have been so excited to teach this. I've been so excited to just let this, just these words just be spoken. And finally, it is this, that you are deeply prized by God. You are deeply prized by God. I love what James says. He says this in James 1. And we, out of all creation, we, you, the person sitting next to you, the person behind you, the person in front of you, the people you're going to meet today at the grocery store, the, 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 the weird uncle or strange aunt that you saw this weekend, I mean, we all, out of all creation, became his 
prized possession. We all, out of all creation, became his prized possession. You, in your life, are God's prized possession. Now, I wonder, let's see, Mike Mickey, I saw you here earlier. Did I not? Mike Mickey, are you here? Mike, raise your hand. Okay, uh, let's see. I know, let's see, Steve Strong, you, you ride motorcycles, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Who else has got a motorcycle in here? Anybody else? Brian, right here? Yeah, Wit on the back right there. Who wants a motorcycle? Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. I see, uh, I see your hand back there. Here's what I know for Mike and for Wit and for Brian, for Steve. If you go to their house and you find out that they've got a motorcycle in their house, guess what they're going to do? They're going to talk about that motorcycle. If you ask, man, I'd love to see that motorcycle. You know what they're going to do? They're going to say, come on, I'd like to show you my motorcycle too. When you go out to that garage, they're going to probably pull off some cover off that motorcycle if it's been sitting for a while. If they've gotten a different kind of exhaust on that motorcycle to make it sound good, they're going to say, check this out. And they're going to stick that key and they're going to turn it on and it's going to make that garage loud and your kids are going to come in and they're going to be like, wow, that's so cool. And they're going to be like, I know, it's awesome. Why? Because more than likely, for anybody who owns a motorcycle, that motorcycle has become one of their prized possessions. They probably worked and saved. They, they, they probably tucked some money away for a long time. Many men have very long conversations uh, and, del- and, 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 and you know, get to a, a clear understanding with their spouse about how they're going to obtain this motorcycle. I mean, it becomes a very clear understanding uh, of the, in the relationship. But it becomes a prized possession. Here's what's interesting. I don't have a motorcycle. But I know that each one of you have a prized possession in your home. And it could be a motorcycle or it could be something else. I brought one of my prized possessions uh, this morning. Now, this probably doesn't look like much to you, but this is, um, uh, this is one of my prized possessions. Uh, Cody, my son, is named after, um, I call him my grandfather, but he was really my grandfather-in-law. Uh, it's Cody's, uh, I mean, uh, Kelly's, my wife, um, her grandfather. And much like her grandmother, who passed away, uh, last year, um, uh, Papa, as we called him, Cody was his name, uh, meant the world to pretty much everybody that he came in contact with. And it wasn't that Papa was raised in a great godly Christian home, and it wasn't that he grew up going to church. Actually, he would tell you that he was, he was a heathen and a troublemaker, and he met a pretty amazing God and changed his life. And that pretty amazing God changed his habits. And one of the habits that changed in his life was uh, Papa was not a very good reader. He wasn't a very good student, but he got a, a hunger and a thirst for God's word. And we have in our home uh, stacks, and I'm not, I'm not kidding when I say this. We have stacks of Nana and Papa's Bibles. And this is one of the ones that I grabbed this morning, and I wish I could. It's so... Uh, 
it's destroyed. I mean, that's the easiest way to word it. The, the liner's coming off. It literally, if I just held it out there, would probably slip off and fall. The cover is just beat. The pages, he, he did an interesting thing when he looked. He, he, he turned his pages like this upside down to find where he needed to read next. But, but here's what I know about in my home right now, is that if something were to happen and my home were to catch on fire, we have a lot of things in our home that are worth more monetary value than this. I have TVs in my home. I have an Xbox One in my home uh, that my children argue over all the time. We have multiple Apple devices in our home, all of which are worth more than this. But oftentimes, a prized possession in our life, the world looks at and, and may not have much value, but it means something to us. And this old Bible, this was one of his ones, I believe, that he taught Sunday school out of from the 60s, an old Schofield King James reference Bible. This Bible, I would, other than my children, maybe my animals, we'll see, this Bible would be one of the things, even more than my own personal Bibles that I have, would be one of the things that I would grab. Here's what's interesting about this old Bible is that if you didn't know that this Bible had personal meaning to me, and it was sitting down here on the front, you might actually see this Bible and think to yourself, man, that, that's just somebody's old dirty Bible they left behind. Somebody clearly didn't take care of this thing very well. It's water damaged all along the side. The cover's falling off. I mean, what in the world? But here's what I know, and I want this truth. I want you to embrace this truth. I don't want you to miss this truth is sometimes what the world values is not a prized possession to its owner. Sometimes what the world values is not a prized possession to its owner. And in your life, you are a valuable, prized possession to the one that your life is hidden in Christ. Your life is owned by the one who created the moon and the sun and the stars. And so if you're here today and you're saying to yourself in your life, you know, I don't feel like I can be very thankful for much in my life because the world around me doesn't value me the way that I wish they valued me. I don't feel very respected by the people around me. I feel ignored by the people around me. Guess what? Sometimes what the world values is not a prized possession to its owner. And you may feel in your life like this worn out, wrinkled up, page tattered and torn, pages ripped Bible. But to its owner, you are prized. You are treasured. There are very few things in my life that I would not do to keep this Bible safe. I brought it to church this morning in a Ziploc bag. How ridiculous is that? Because as the owner of this Bible, when my Nana gave me this Bible after Papa passed away, it became one of the most prized possessions that I had. 
And if you're here today and you think, man, I, I feel rejected by the world. I feel outcast by the world. I don't feel valued by the world. I don't feel loved by my coworkers, my family. It was another awkward Thanksgiving. I hope, I hope we don't have to have another one of those because people in my family look down on me. They don't treasure me. They don't value me. They don't love me. They didn't even show up this year. I mean, whatever it may be. What the world values is often very different. And when something is a prized possession of its owner, it is loved, it is deeply treasured, it is guarded, it is kept safe. And you, above all creation, above all the creatures of the world, are God's prized possession. His son went to the cross. He offered his son as a sacrificial lamb on your behalf. God never changes. The life that you have in Christ is because of God. And you are God's prized possession. And if you cling to those three anchors in your life, no matter what the circumstances, and I realize I'm 38 years old, and I have, some of you have fought battles and trials and, and struggles far more than my life has seen, and I pray far more than my life will ever see. But I know this scripture tells us that, that he is an anchor for our soul. And some of, these, some of these ideas that God never changes, that your life, your spiritual life is, is found in Jesus and it's because of God and the fact that you are his prized possession will help anchor your soul in the midst of any circumstance. So here's what I want you to do today. Here's what I want to challenge you with today and that is this. I want to challenge you to think different about Thanksgiving. See, what I've learned through all of this is, is that thanksgiving, gratitude, if you want to say that, but thanksgiving is a, is a posture of my heart. It is not a condition of my circumstance. Thanksgiving is a posture of my heart, and when I anchor myself back to the unchangeable character of God, when I anchor myself back to the life that I have in Jesus is because of God, and when I anchor myself to the fact that I don't understand why, I don't understand how, but for some reason, I am God's prized possession. And you, in your life, are God's prized possession. When I anchor myself to that, it's hard to not give thanks. It's hard to not find something to be thankful for. So here's how we're going to respond today. It's going to be a little different. But I thought we would bring in a, it's cute, but it, it's ugly. I mean, let's just be honest. It's cute, but it's ugly. It's one of those that's so ugly, it's cute. Some of you have kids like that. But um, um I brought this little tree in. We had it out in the lobby, and, and I brought it in. And, and, and uh, over here, we've got behind the garland, we got one here and one here, and then there's two over here. And what we've got is we've got 
a little piece of yarn and a, and a little leaf that's got a, a hole punched out in it. There may be some that don't have a hole, but you just do, you know, grab another one and a, and a pen or marker. And as, as Randy, I actually would love for you to go back and lead us in good, good father, if you don't mind. I know that's a change a little bit from, but you're good like that. He told me this morning, he said, stop being creative. Like, you've, you've hit your, no, no more today. We're not having any more conversations. Sorry, I just put you on the spot. Um, what I want you to do is I want you to come down front before you take the Lord's Supper or after you take the Lord's Supper. And you can do this as a family. This is one of the reasons we wanted the kids in here today. And I want you to take the leaf and you can write, you can write on here what you're thankful for. And then I want you to take the yarn and I want you to run it through the hole and I want you to do the best you can and come up here and I just want you to tie this little leaf of what you're thankful for just like we do in our home most every Thanksgiving onto a branch in this tree. And just like we do in my home as a family, we're gonna do this together today as a church family. One of the last, one of the last Thanksgivings that we had Pawpaw with us we did this at Nan and Pawpaw's house. And Pawpaw had suffered from rheumatoid arthritis. His hands had drawn up, and he had, on top of it all, the dude had Parkinson's disease, and so he just, he just shook nonstop. And um, he rolled his little jazzy in there. He could still get around on his little jazzy. And we noticed he, Pawpaw hadn't written anything in years. He just couldn't write anymore. But we noticed as we were cleaning up after dinner, he rolled his little jazzy up to the table. And with his hand shaking the way that it did, he reached up and he grabbed one of those leaves. And he grabbed a marker. And I'll never forget this, as long as I live. He scribbled as best as he could and as clear as he could on one of these little leaves. He wrote Jesus. And I just thought to myself, you know, at the time, I think Papa was 84 years old. He'd been in pain for years in his life. And if that guy can still be thankful for something, I can too. And so this morning, that may be all you can do is just come up and write, I'm thankful for Jesus. That's all I got. My life's not turned out the way I want it. I'm dealing with an incredible circumstance right now, but I'm thankful for Jesus. Do that. Let's pray together. Father, you are so good. We thank you this morning, just like that song, you're perfect in all your ways. And we trust you with our future. We, we trust you in uncertainty. We, we trust you with the outcome. We just want to be faithful and walk in your ways. And so today we thank you because you're an unchangeable God. We thank you today because our life that we have in Jesus is because of you. And we thank you. I, this doesn't even make sense to me, but we thank you because we are your prized possession. And out of the moon and the stars and the galaxies and the heavens above and the earth below, that out of the incredible creatures that you made and the animals that you gave us and the, 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 the clouds that we see in the sky, that out of the, the mountains that we see and the oceans that we visit, that out of all of that that we look at and it, it takes our breath away, we just go, wow. 
that out of all that, you look at us. We're the ones that are made in your image. And we are your prized possession. We love you and we thank you because you are so good. In Jesus' name.